This is episode 138, The Darker Side of Light Work with Kate Manley. Welcome, I am your host, Claire Obeyed. Woman Awake is a soul-led journey of awakening through motherhood and womanhood. Woman Awake explores the soul-based, spirit-fueled, somatic and energetic journey of awakening, of consciousness. The power of an awakened woman lives in her life alignment, her inner attunement and her embodied transformation. This is not just my journey, but it is ours and together we seek to free our mind, feel our body, feed our soul and to hear our heart. As women, as mamas, we seek clarity, we embrace the truth, we dive into the discomfort of our shadows, we honour our healing and we be fully with our humanness whilst also being in our divinity too. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back. Welcome back. It is officially 2023, and we are kicking off the Woman Awake podcast this year with an incredible conversation with Kate Manley, who I will introduce in one moment. But first, let me just say I hope you've had a beautiful Christmas holiday, New Year period, under whatever religion or spirituality that you follow or that you connect to, perhaps it's even just honouring the seasons and the cycles that we're in. I hope that you've had a chance to rest, to pause, to reflect. And whilst I personally don't really feel like the new year begins until at least the very first new moon, which is January 23rd, around about then, I... I know that the process begins for many of us when we're in this early Capricorn season of thinking and reflecting and planning and taking action. So I just want to honour you for the year that was and to welcome you into the year that will be and also a beautiful gentle reminder, which I have to remind myself often, which is just another day in time so we can just continue on as we have been without too much story around perfecting and planning and intending and setting wishes and dreams and goals unless that's your jam and it really works for you. So let me take you to today's conversation. Kate Manley is the beautiful human that I'm chatting with today. Kate is a light worker, a multi-modality energy intuitive. She's a feminine embodiment, a mentor, a teacher, spiritual and soul mentor, and a sacred space holder. Her path and purpose in life is to guide women on their inner journey back to their true essence, their divine nature, and their sacred self. Kate is the visionary and creator behind Moon and Tide Gatherings, which is a series of sacred women's gatherings held regularly up on the Sunshine Coast in Australia. And her private sessions include Reiki and shamanic-based energy therapy, channeled angel readings, spiritual mentoring, feminine embodiment mentoring, and bespoke ceremonies and blessing ways. She has completed qualifications and trainings with a ridiculous number of modalities and I'll have all of that in the show notes so you can check it out and of course connect with Kate because you want to at the end of this conversation I promise you. So we are going to go into a huge and juicy conversation and we're going to talk about many things including the darker side of light work. We're going to talk about the experiences that Kate's had clearing homes and psychic attacks, the difference between dark and evil, why it's so important to understand this and get real about this, energy protection and how to protect ourselves, the power of intention, trust and faith and so much more. 
So you're not here to listen to me, you're here to listen to this beautiful conversation and I invite you to take notes if you need to because it's a really big, powerful conversation and it's one that feels really important as we begin a whole new cycle as we start 2023. There's a lot we've got to get real about, so I hope that this lands and you enjoy it. Welcome, beautiful Kate Manley. I am so excited to have you on the Woman Awake podcast. For those of you listening, just a little bit of background. I first met Kate face-to-face when she came to a retreat that I was co-hosting with Lorraine Murphy in the beautiful Noosa hinterland, and it was such a blessing to meet Kate. We then had a beautiful experience over the following months of private mentoring and coaching, and Kate also dove into a lot of my offerings, such as The Remedy and The Remedy Revolution. So I've had a lot of beautiful one-on-one time in Kate's world and in her energy and it's been really really incredible to watch her growth and her flourishment in the world of energy energy work intuitive work there's so much here that we're going to unpack so I really really just want you to keep your heart and your mind open as Kate and I have this conversation today because there's so much wisdom and knowledge and expertise that Kate's bringing us in the world of energy and managing ourselves within this esoteric, unseen space that so many of us are starting to become more and more attuned to. So all of that being said, let me first properly welcome you, Kate, and tell you how excited I am to have this conversation with you. Thank you, Claire. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really honoured that you've invited me and it's such an interesting topic and we've had a couple of conversations prior to this um, and so just sharing some of the experiences that you and I have both had privately and then realizing oh wow there's a lot of similarity there so I'm, I'm really excited about this conversation. Yes me too and you've been on the journey so you've finished your angel messenger certification with the beautiful Shananda who I've had on this podcast before you are an energy intuitive and you have a whole bunch of powerful skills up your sleeve but you're doing so much more in the world than you were doing a couple of years ago that's in a really powerful and potent space so what i'd love to just start with is a bit of understanding for those listening as to what the work is that you're doing and how you found your way there if that Mm. would help for everybody to hear Yes, yeah, of course. Well, I I think, you know, um, a lot of people talk about the spiritual awakening and and recognising there's so much more to life than meets the eye. And I I started that journey a good 10 years ago now. And so much of my initial experiences around energy and activating my psychic senses and my intuition have just been that personal experience of growth and working out who I am in the world and just really connecting back to myself. And so those early experiences with working with angels and spirit guides were all just so beautiful. I had such beautiful experiences of feeling really supported. And so there was a lot of trust um, in that early foundation that was built in my capacity to interpret energy. And I initially started to recognize that perhaps there were some things that um, I could sense that weren't necessarily a great energy to interactive via my young daughter at the time who was having a lot of issues at night. And so, you know, I thought I might end up 
going and, and studying Reiki. And so that, again, was another great foundation for managing energy and energy protection and just recognizing that there's more than just these beautiful spiritual beings that that have our best interests at heart and and yeah having that kind of experience oh there's a little bit more to this but never at any of those points did I ever feel like I was out of my depth and then yes this year it's been like a I guess another kind of spiritual awakening but recognizing some elements to energy that are just nasty and unpleasant and angry and um, it's been a whirlwind experience as to how that's unfolded for me very personally and so my my work and, and my offerings are a reflection of where I'm at but beyond this point of integration so I don't ever feel um called to really share what I'm going through personally until I've integrated that. And so it kind of happened in a way that I was having these experiences earlier on and then working it out for myself and my family. And then I was existing clients who were seeing me for, you know, women's circles and um, baby blessing ways and all these beautiful spiritual um, offerings that I had were having these encounters and these experiences with um, some quite un unpleasant energetic experiences. And so I just kind of had to go through this rapid um, experience of, understanding and upgrading and recognizing things that were happening on this very subtle layer and um yeah it's, it has definitely shifted and changed for me this year in terms of the work that I offer my clients um as well as for my own personal journey which I'm really excited to share with you so good so powerful so let's start there what what are you actually offering because I think once we have an understanding of that we can then uh, navigate our way a little bit deeper into what we really want to talk about here. So for those listening, what are some of the services and offerings that you provide up in the beautiful Sunshine Coast of Australia, up in Inusa? Yes. And then we can kind of dive into the layers underneath that. Yeah, of course. So I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one energy work. And so um, it can range from integration of past life experiences, a lot happening on that subtle energetic layer. And so my capacity to interpret and tune into energy has become um, quite advanced, um, but also in this way of sort of being quite diagnostic. And so that applies for tuning into someone's energy body, tuning into a contract that they may have um, with another person. So obviously there's ethics and integrity around not tuning into someone else's energy without their consent. But relationships um, and contracts that they may have so it's kind of anything that's connected to the energy body I have access to to interpret and diagnose and then that also applies to space so um, I do a lot of house and land clearings tuning into physical space um, and also tuning into um, energetic experiences that clients have had um, in the past that may have been um, 
yeah, a particular experience that they've had in a group setting, so a particular event and something's happened and, and there's a, an attachment or... So we can essentially form energetic attachments to um, the past, to people, to places, to possessions, to past experiences, to memories, um, things that are happening on the subconscious layer as well as the conscious layer. And so by tuning into someone's energy body, you're accessing, it's like a whole blueprint or a map of any energetic exchange that they've had at any given time. And it's this kind of diagnostic experience is working out if they come to me with a particular pattern or behavior that's distressing them, it's like, where did that originate from? And then determining, you know, oh, is that from a past life experience? Is that something from childhood? Also, a lot of the generational trauma and ancestral lineage as well can have an impact on someone's energy field. So it, it kind of comes through with my clients experiencing some kind of misalignment, um, something that they're working on that's really um, causing them a lot of, um, you know, uh, the inability to move on from. So it's holding them back. And so looking at that and, and working with that and then, you know, what needs to be integrated and understood perhaps. So some of the services that I do offer are also around mentoring as well and empowering my clients to understand this for themselves because a lot of the time things that do come up in the energy body are actually an opportunity for our growth and for our learning. Um, and so to just clear them on the energetic layer without really looking at why they've come up it you know I think that that is quite disempowering so you know I'm really honest with my clients about what I'm what I'm seeing on that energetic layer and then working with the wisdom of that before we you know clear it in order to to set them free and, and give them the opportunity to step forward without this particular circumstance holding them back. Mm, what a beautiful download that was just really <laughs> Very powerful to listen to all of that because, as as you know, and I'll I'll share a little bit more. I have so ma so many uh, experiences and um, direct firsthand relationships with so much of what you've just explained from mm. helping my children who have got entities attached to them or who are opening portals in the house that are bringing in entities into the home to clearing ancestral lineage within myself, which has been a huge mm. part of the last two years for me, releasing past life stories, re releasing generational patterns, ancestral lineage, and how that shows up in my physical body or in my real time, real life experience of something feeling blocked or stuck. And I really loved how you spoke about cords and attachments that we can have. And that happens a lot for me with my parents. Mm. They might not say something to me, but they're energetically, psychically communicating things to me, which creates a, a blockage for me. And it yes. comes up time and time and time again. And of course, the house and the space clearing. For those mm. that have listened for a long time on this podcast, or maybe the new ones need a little update, but I, it was something I went through um, a few years ago when living in Coogee and it was kicked off by my son who would wake in the middle of the night screaming because there were entities and, you know, earthbound spirits hanging out and disrupting him and that, that led me to come to an understanding as to the really um, discord, discordant energy on the land that we were living, mm. which of course had me connect with the beautiful Shananda who is one of your teachers as well and I really want to just touch on this quickly because I think you mentioned the growth and the learning and it's so important to highlight this. In that experience that I had, I called on Shananda for support to clear our home. 
But she took it further and she ensured that I started to develop the skills for myself, how to protect my home, how to protect my children energetically and how to, you know, to reap the wisdom and the light from those shadowy moments and those horrible experiences so that I could actually up-level. And I look back and I see the sacred contract that was there between myself and these earthbound spirits and those, you know, experiences that mm -hmm. happened on this land because it really propelled my own upgrades and activations. So I think it's really powerful that you've mentioned that it's not just, hey, there's some weird shit going on. I'm going to call this person, this witch doctor to come and clean my home. But it's also, uh, there's something here that I need to learn, understand, absorb wisdom from, integrate, apply in my life, and perhaps even expand my own understanding and skill set further. So I really appreciate that you mentioned this really important mm. point. Powerful. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's really important. And, and one of my strongest beliefs is that we are divinely guided and protected. And so our capacity to intuit energy is really can can sometimes, you know, go through this rapid upgrade, but I, I've never felt like we've been given anything more than what we're able to handle. And so the moment that we do start tuning in and feeling or sensing the subtleties, perhaps of something that is quite an unpleasant, you know, entity, that that experience is only available to us at the point that we're ready to understand and integrate it. That's and that right. our guides are there, um, and, you know, the divine is protecting us so that if we weren't, you know, I guess all I'm, yeah, what I'm trying to say is that um, that there's always an opportunity to, to learn. And if we're not ready to learn this, when it comes to anything that is, you know, as creepy or as uncomfortable as this, I really feel like, our spiritual support team, our angelic support team would be there preventing it from seriously interfering with us unless we were actually ready for that experience for our own personal growth. So that way that I've never felt um, out of my depth or afraid because I have that strong belief that if it's appeared to me, then I'm ready for this. And I can hold it and I've got the capacity to cope with it. Yeah. Yes. I'm actually just remembering as you're talking some of the experiences I had in that house in, in Coogee. You know, I would go into the bedroom, get my son out of the cot and sit there to feed him. And I would see all these, you know, unusual shapes and lights and energy kind of moving around the room. And the way that it would make me feel was indicating that this wasn't clean, light, mm. love energy. It was really murky and dense and dark. But it wouldn't, um, it wouldn't rattle me. It didn't actually have me scared. It would just have me kind of like a little overwhelmed, but mostly intrigued. Like, okay, what's mm. what's happening here? Or you know, lying in bed at night and having psychic attacks come through my third eye, and waking up the next morning and thinking, wow, there's something happening here, and it's happening for a reason. I'm supposed to pay attention, mm. and I don't feel. Uh, horribly unsafe I don't like it but I can tell that I'm supposed to pay attention here and start coming to an understanding so let's take ourselves to house clearings for a second yes. because this is how this began for me let's talk about house clearings and what's involved and what, what that's about and I, I just want to flag here for anybody listening I had the um, divine opportunity to play hates singing bowls, her Christmas <laughs> singing bowls in Noosa. 
when I was up there for another retreat with Lorraine because I couldn't obviously travel with mine on the plane. It was just not possible. And there is a particular singing bowl. I think it's your heart chakra one. And it I is. I remember playing it and having a little test and literally almost being knocked off my cushion by the reverberation, the frequency of that particular bowl. And mm. I just knew, I was like, something's happening with this bowl. This bowl is used for something. And I'd love to understand what's going on. And of course, when I asked you, you said, that's the bowl that I use for my house clearings. Yes. Like, wow, that explains it because it was so powerful. It was louder than any other bowl. <laughs> and she was holding, she was holding a lot and she was kind of like a, yeah, I, I really mean business. Like, you want to talk about heart energy? Here we go. Boom. It was very powerful. So help us understand your experience with house clearings, what's involved, what you've come across, and why this is important. Yeah, absolutely. So I've done house clearings for a number of different scenarios and situations, and my general process is that I ask not to be given any information because I just... Given my background, I just have this um, rational mind that likes a lot of hard evidence of what I'm experiencing to be true. Otherwise, I think, oh, I could get kind of, you know, um, taken away with the fairies about whether this stuff is real or not. And so the types of house clearings that I've been called to have always presented me with such a unique opportunity. And so I've been to house clearings in which um, domestic violence has occurred. And so I can walk into a room and I think most people have the capacity to do this. We can walk into a room and sense tension if someone's had an argument. And so, you know, it usually can dissipate with the movement of, of light and sound and air. Um, but essentially, all objects have the capacity to retain information. So, for example, a piece of furniture, an antique piece of furniture that's passed through many hands and many houses, if I was to tune into it, it would feel noisy to me. It would feel like there's a lot. And it doesn't necessarily have a consciousness. It's just an accumulation of, of dense energy. And there can be pockets in the home, particularly wardrobes, small spaces that are dark and there isn't a lot of airflow where that stagnant energy can kind of collect and accumulate. And when this hasn't had the opportunity to clear, this is where I would call them like energetic ruptures can happen. And so they can be like a, a vortex or a portal or a dimensional doorway in which the energy has lost that um, alignment to the divine vibration of light and love and it can be an opportunity for some things to come through and so what you were saying earlier about you know if you're sensing something that isn't necessarily completely frightening but it can be like a little bit oh I you know I sense that something's not quite right here and so what I generally encounter uh, at a lot of house clearings is what I would call like a non-physical human being. So someone that has passed away, but they haven't crossed over to the light. And so there can be a number of reasons as to why this happens. It can sometimes be that they've died rather traumatically or suddenly and they haven't recognised, so they're almost trapped in this time warp. And they're often very confused and very afraid. And so they're transmitting that energy of fear and of of being frightened themselves. And so sometimes we can feel that energy and think, oh, something's trying to scare me, but it can just be tuning into their complete confusion. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of those instances, I work with Archangel Azriel, um, and I, um, I, I have specific techniques to cross non-physical beings over to the light. 
And so that can happen in old homes, um, particularly as well on the land. Um, where, you know, in the past there have been traumatic incidents that have, have happened. And, you know, I, I think of the traditional custodians of the land in that particular experience. And then there are other times in which there are other forms of low vibration consciousness. And so they, they have a different, um, as I tune into like uh, an area of dense energy, I tune in to see whether it has a consciousness or not. And if it has a consciousness and it's not a non-physical human being, this is kind of the stuff that is a little bit more like a, you know, an evil entity, right? And, and that consciousness generally has an agenda to disrupt. Um, they can often be sent out to prevent the ascension process. And so what I was finding more and more in these house clearings that I've been doing in the last six months is that with this beautiful collective ascension process that's happening, there's sort of this twofold process. There's clients now that are becoming more and more sensitive to the subtleties of energy. And so they're picking up on these things. And so I've been more popular with house clearings for that reason, because they can kind of feel into the energy with greater ease and then see that something's not feeling quite right. But there's also this agenda to stop the process, right? Stop the process of our ascension. And so the more ascension work that we do, the more that we invite light into our body, the more shadow work that we do, the growth, the evolution, where we're bringing light to shadow, the more attractive we are. We're like, it's almost like a moth to the flame for these low vibrational frequency consciousnesses that have the agenda or the mission or the desire to disrupt, to infiltrate, to contaminate, to just essentially prevent this from happening. Mm -hmm. And they're the type of energies that, um, that have more of that fear, feeling of, of anger or, you know, they will try and incite fear to essentially drop the vibration, drop your personal vibration. And so, you know, what I always love to say to my clients is that, that we have the upper hand in those situations. And they, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like they're like the annoying younger brother that's trying to get a reaction. My mum used to say this to me, just ignore them and ignore him. And um, yeah, you know, my brother would continue to kind of poke and prod me to get that reaction. And so that's their desire. And so the more that we allow them to, to win by feeling that fear, we're kind of losing recognition of, of just how much power we have in this situation, just how much light and love that we have that capacity to. And so one of the other things that I love to share is that, you know, these consciousnesses are, are attracted to the light, but they're also afraid of love. So, you know, even using, which is why the heart chakra bowl is just so important to me for house clearing, is infusing a house with the frequency of love is so powerful. Unconditional love is just the most high vibrational frequency that I personally work with. And it has the capacity to just dissipate negative energy beyond, you know, this ascension light kind of energy where we are bringing in the light, feeling into love. And so, you know, I guess that's how I go about doing these house clearings is really with that connection to my own heart in mind and then obviously using sound um, is creating a vibrational shift so you know I, a lot of people will use smoke and sage um, 
to sort of clear some of that negative energy. But, you know, using smoke and sage won't necessarily cross an entity over to the light or destroy some of the, you know, I've seen, you know, we could get really weird here and talk about some of the AI um, technology that I've seen that happens on this energetic layer, which needs to be destroyed. There's no other way to deal with it. Um, and so I work with Archangel Butalil, who, you know, the beautiful Shananda has introduced me to him um, through her work. And I, I have a very strong connection with him. So he's, he's present with me a lot of the time when I'm working with clients and house clearings because of this, um, yeah, the, the hijacking of technology with the agenda of, um, yeah, just taking over the organic experience, the sacred part of humanity and, and um, yeah, the, the human part of us. So, yeah, it's, it's, in, it's been fascinating what's, what's come up with the house clearings in the last six months because it, it has kind of moved away from, from it just being ghosts. Yes. <laughs> just, There's a lot more happening, things. isn't there? Yeah. A lot more happening and it's happening faster and it feels stronger. And, you know, I think it's a really powerful conversation for us to be having because I think anybody that follows me will know that I'm not really down with spiritual bypassing and just being all love and light mm. about everything. That's not to say to be um, weighed down by fear, but to actually be a little bit more real with what's happening in our unseen spaces. Yes. And to be a little bit more intentional. And I'd love to share, um, which we're speaking about just briefly before we hit record, but my personal experience of having these darker energies, I guess, infiltrate my online spaces when I was holding you know, ceremonies and, and classes online and having no idea, no idea that there were these um, more evil entities kind of present in these spaces and actually siphoning wisdom and light from the teachings that I was offering. And when mm -hmm. that first became really apparent, it, it was quite shocking to me. And I remember being really heartbroken. My guides were saying, you know, our job is to protect these teachings and unfortunately this is, this is what's happened. And I remember feeling quite shocked and a little bit foolish that I hadn't properly protected these spaces. And, you know, after further reflection, I realised I was protecting as best as I could at that time, but this had happened specifically to show me that I needed to really up the ante when it came mm -hmm. to protecting myself, the spaces, the circles and the people within it. And that we're dealing with a whole new set of experiences and energies that were coming through that weren't happening two or three years ago, perhaps not to the same intensity. So that was a really quite an eye-opening experience for me that, okay, you know, I was used to entities and things attaching to my children that I needed to clear or dodgy energy on a land that, you know, wasn't intentionally trying to do harm but was causing a lot of, you know, disruption and dysfunction. Now I was coming face to face with this more evil, darkest entity that was trying specifically to siphon and take light, like you said, specifically attracted to these spaces and experiences and offerings that are very ancient and are very filled with light and specifically coming to, you know, to siphon and to feed off that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important that we're having this conversation, not to scare anybody, not to say put yourself in a bubble of fear and start panicking, but to start being a little bit more attuned to how we move through the world, how we engage, what what 
level of protection we have for ourselves, for our family. This is normal for me in my life now to protect my children. When I run a class, I'm very specific about how I protect that space and how I protect myself. I'm very specific about cutting and clearing my energy at the end of a practice. Even then, I'm sure it's still not perfect. I'm sure there's still work for me to do. But I just wanted to share that because everything you've offered us so far is, it's really powerful. It's not just clearing the home that you live in. It's the ripple effect that that has, isn't it, to all the people that engage in that space and the energy that you carry and then how you move about in the world. It's, it's massive. I at least think it's mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's often like a web. Yeah. And um, and I, I think I mentioned this to you before we hit record as well, this idea around, um, you know, I would often notice in one-on-one client sessions, so I would have like a repeated theme come up with my clients. And so recognising that, yes, I'm working with them individually in terms of what, what they need, but when I'm repeatedly seeing the same issue, it begs the question to look higher up or lower, <laughs> or lower below, you know, where, what's the source of this? If this is coming up for a number of clients, is there a form of contamination that's happening upstream and it's affecting a number of people and what can be done? It's that it is like this, like a web. Sometimes I see it almost like a pyramid where I'm kind of working at the bottom and then I'm doing client by client and then I think, oh, wow, there's, there's a common experience that they've had or there's... Um, there's an opportunity that's been taken advantage of by the evil and it's affected that you it's um it's effective for them because they're able to to reach a lot of people via this one kind of opportunity and can can I work with that opportunity that they've seized and I can I close off something there can I clear off something there and allow it to have a ripple effect because you know energy is so connected um, and that runs with with good energy and and beautiful energy and love and light but it 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 goes the other way as well Mm. you know you've just reminded me I have this um I'm very blessed my son goes to a private family daycare and his beautiful teacher is a healer as well And her and I have been doing a lot of powerful work behind the scenes in terms of um, healings for the collective and the community. And sometimes things will come up for me in my body or with the children and I'll go to her for some support for clearing what I think is just something for me. And she'll come to me and say, you know, as I've been tuning into this, I've come to realise there's a correlation here. It's actually in my body as well and I'm picking it up Mm. in other people. And recently she came to me about my throat, which has been an ongoing healing process for this whole year. And she said, I need to come to your house, Claire. And I said, wow, okay, this has got to do with my throat. And she said, yes, it does. There is an entity that's actually multiplied and become quite a dark Mm -hmm. energy. And it's infiltrated from your house through my house to all of the houses in the Central Coast. And she Mm. said, I need to begin at your home. So when she was here... It was so beautiful because the kids were involved and we basically were just going through room by room and we were playing with my drum and shaking rattles and there was a lot of vibration and a lot of heart chakra energy like you described. We were raising the vibration Mm. just simply through unconditional love. And we were also following areas in the home that felt dark or musty or smelt a bit funny or, or, Mm. you know, really contained and cleared. And then I remember this moment we were healing these spaces and talking through things and we stopped and we both looked at each other and she said, this entity has just left this home 
and I can feel this entity completely dissolve out of all of the homes in the Central Coast. And it was just this powerful moment where you just yeah. felt all of this love just ripple through this whole area. Mm. And like you said, you're going upstream. So she was like, this is not just about your throat. This was all the way back up to this original source. And multiple people are having these experiences in this one area. Yeah. And I think that that's what this is about, this ascension process, this upgrade. And I speak of this all the time. We can't just focus on ascend, 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 ascend. There's descent at the same time, simultaneously. Mm. Not descent as in going into the underworld, but being willing to do the work required to clear what's there. Yes. Because you can't, you can't have the capacity to hold more light and more love if we're still fighting against what is heavy, dark, contracted, poisonous, toxic in our spaces, our bodies, our families. So I, I think that that ripple effect is probably for me, um, if anybody's listening to this and going, I want to do this work, or I want to clean my home, to hold that as kind of a higher core value or reason as to what we're doing here because it's so much more than just you, your home, your space, your experience. It's part of the greater experience, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, you know, even even as I'm doing a, a home clearing, you know, often they've drawn my attention to different spiritual tools that have been hijacked. And so, you know, it's recognizing then, for example, oracle cards. You know how many of us listening have oracle cards, have a deck of oracle cards, or like me, like 40 <laughs> decks of oracle cards, um, where, you know, if we're not, specifically deliberate with how they're being used um you know there there is this possible contamination or hijacking and and so a lot of the work that I've been doing in the last six months with that ripple effect again it is like the breadcrumbs but it, it was recognizing how the evil was using our spiritual tools against us and doing it in this really covert way because if if the if something was to come out and look really evil, we'd identify it really easily and go, I'm not messing with that. But the way that I've worked out that they do this on this really subtle layer is that you may receive a message from an Oracle card deck that says like 80% correct, but 20% of it feels off. And it's like this, we're opening up ourselves if we're not deliberate with our energy protection and the protection of the tools that we use in an energetic way. You know, it's it's kind of this opportunity or this um, inlet for them to to have that um, power to hijack. And so, you know, even that kind of being recognizing, you know, um, the way in which we share Oracle card decks with our friends, and you know, that it's kind of comes down to energy hygiene almost the way that we we use crystals and tools and spraying scents and you know all sorts of things that we're we're using in a way to to provide guidance or spiritual support or work with our energy body in some kind of way and and perhaps not recognizing that yeah some of this stuff can be used against us unfortunately mm. so it's kind of like help me understand this a little bit more I'm just trying to understand the difference. So, for example, choosing a crystal that really resonates with you and that you are quite intentional about how you work with it, how you clear it, how you connect with it versus 
buying a whole bunch of crystals because this is quote unquote spiritual and it's mm. how you seem or place yourself as a more spiritual person and being a little bit flippant about how you connect with that crystal. How do we differentiate this? Because these tools are beautiful, but of course, like you said, they can be hijacked. How do we, how do we figure this out? How do people go, oh, crap, do I get rid of all my crystals? Do I never use an Oracle card deck again? How do I do this? I think it, that's, that's the empowerment process is actually recognising how powerful our intention is. And so, you know, I, the example that comes to mind is often with a house clearing where I detect a portal, for example, in a mirror. Mirrors tend to be a big one. And I will have the client say to me, do I need to go and destroy this? And I've, I've said to them before, you know, the intention to clear energy, whether it be me or a client or anyone using any kind of spiritual tool, the, the intention is more powerful than anything else. And so, you know, these, when you look at an Oracle card, it's really just a bit of paper on that physical sense, right? But it holds that energetic information around the message and the transmission. And so being really deliberate in just assuming that as a good hygiene practice, there's no reason to never use an Oracle card again, but just learning those practices to clear energy between them. So even, you know, vibration is beautiful. So, you know, knocking with knocking on an oracle card deck before you pull a card, placing it over your heart and just infusing it with unconditional love. You know, a really simple practice like that is all that you need to do to just have that awareness. And if for some reason you would ever hold up the oracle card to your heart and just get that instant feeling of like, oh, something doesn't feel right here, you know, the, that initial feeling that we have before we have the opportunity to really think about it is our intuition guiding us and connecting to the subtleties of energy. And so if that was to ever happen, if you would ever hold a crystal up to your heart or your hand and recognise this doesn't feel like it normally does, and then the mind will kind of go, oh, you, you're being silly, you're making something up. But we wouldn't have had that thought in the first place if the feeling wasn't there. So really honouring our intuition and then recognising in those situations that it might be that something is off energetically. And if you have a good relationship with your angels or your spirit guides, even asking the question, what does this mean? What do I need to do? Mm. Oh, do I need to, to pull out my sage and do some you know, intentional saging over my cards? Do I need to bury my crystal in the earth for a little while and allow Mother Earth to transmute that energy? And so, you know, empowering yourself with different ways that you can um, clear things, but it, it really comes down to that first point and trusting yourself. If you feel like something is off, mm. chances are it's off. Yes. So you'll love this story. I have been running the elemental womb every Sunday at a beautiful little space just down the road from me. And I've been storing my um, crystal singing bowls in the cupboard there just so that I don't have mm. to bring them back every single week. And for the first few weeks, I'd be playing the bowls and thinking, wow, this sounds really flat. Mm. Like there's something not right here. I'm really intrigued by this. And then I was packing them away and I realised, oh, wait, I've got a private session tomorrow. I need to take them with me. And I heard the bowl say to me, yes, please take me out of this, out of this storage room. Take mm. me. Took the bowls in a completely different space, private session. Then the next day I sat down to play them at the elemental womb class and the sounds were completely different to the point where I even asked everybody in the class, I'm like, did you hear a difference or was that just <laughs> me? Because it was so overwhelming. 
the vibration was so crisp and clear. The intensity was, oh my God, it was wild. And then I realized that the, the corner that I'd been placing them in in this cupboard, obviously little dark, musty corner at the bottom of the storage mm. cupboard. And I thought, ah, it, it, these, then these bowls were telling me. They were telling me this, we, we need a shift in energy here. This is not working. It's really, really powerful. I just was yeah. like looking at these bowls going, wow, you poor things. <laughs> <laughs> you poor things. You were managing this heavy, dense energy and finally, you know, you got to release that. So yeah. I'm just going to go back a step and ask you to clarify the difference between evil and dark energy because we've thrown these terms around a couple of times now and I think that people perhaps need to understand that a little bit more. Yes, of course. So I guess this is my own personal understanding. So it may not, it may be different to what, what others have heard or believe. But this idea around our soul contract in terms of what we're here to experience in this lifetime, not only for beautiful experience of human life, but all of those soul opportunities for growth and lessons and development that can only happen through really tough times. And so I would call that under the divine, so having a divine contract, um, there is the divine light and then the divine shadow. And so the divine shadow can often be called, it's like the yin and yang, right? The light and the dark. And that if everything was love and light, we would be spiritual bypassing. So recognizing that the dark has um, a role to play for our greatest good and our highest path and purpose. And so that can come in the form of having an experience with a ghost in your home. Yeah. Um, you know that it may be an uncomfortable experience, um, but it has a role to play. And then recognizing that, so the divine as a whole, that if you were to, to have it as a spectrum, right, then you would have the divine at one end and that you would have something that's the counter opposite. And sometimes I've heard it being referred to as the undivine um, or the evil. And that is that collective consciousness of, it's like the anti-source. It has that desire and that agenda to stop the human evolution. And so it originates from essentially pure evil. And, you know, I, I grew up uh, going to Christian schools and so it was always like you know God versus the devil mm -hmm. and you know even recognizing that there is this idea around satanic energies but there are also all of these other forms in which the evil comes in that's beyond that's just different it has a different feeling when I'm working against it it feels different to a satanic energy and that is kind of like the AI and so I guess what I was uncovering in the work that I was doing was all these different forms in which the evil would show up in and they felt different. They act, they behaved differently or they had a slightly different agenda and I could, I would feel them differently, but it was like, what's the source? Where are they all coming from? And recognizing that, yes, they had different agendas or um, tactics, but it was coming from essentially the undivine or the evil that, it's different to that sort of dark in which it's serving a purpose for our growth. Um, you know, I, I feel personally that this form of contamination or attack, um, that yes, we can 
use it as an opportunity to grow and expand and recognise some things that we hadn't learnt before or knew before. For example, about being really deliberate around protecting your online spaces, as you mentioned. So there is always growth and opportunity in every experience if we choose to, to seek that. But then the, the way in which they, um, yeah, I guess have that, that desire to, to stop the, the process of this collective ascension comes from the opposite of the divine because the divine wants our best and highest good. It wants our growth through those beautiful light opportunities and also through the dark night of the soul. But, yeah, it's like the counter-opposite or, yeah, it's, it's hard to describe, but I don't see it as serving us. We can choose to find, as I mentioned, the, the sort of the silver lining in the experiences with it, but it's not here to serve us in any shape or form. So essentially some stuff is just evil and incredibly yeah. dark and, and not supportive and not for our highest good at all. Some stuff is dark and it is just the polarity of yin and yang, light and dark, and it's it's the way that we perhaps go through growth and challenges and meet our edge and, like you said, the dark night of the soul. Yes. Thank you for explaining that. So my question now is, <clears throat> how do you feel when someone says to you, but then perhaps if everything comes from the divine, if the divine is everything and nothingness, if we are born from this one true source, the creator of all, could we not say that the evil is also essentially from the same source, the same mm. divine energy? So that's the question that often trips me up. Yes. Like, mm. Yes. And, and me too. And it's so interesting because I've found myself believing that and then having um, an experience in which I was greatly deceived Mm. where I was trying to return something of pure evil to its divine form where it was serving a purpose perhaps as the dark and it, it didn't um, it didn't end well for me energetically and so this was a question that I actually had for Shinanda when I was doing mentoring and then um, she'd also given me the name of someone that she was doing um, that was supporting her and said I, I think that you would benefit from a session with with Shinanda's mentor which I, I just had last week and same question kind of came up where I was like trying to work out exactly in the way that you phrased it. And in that experience that I had where I was trying to essentially support and help something from a place of unconditional love, something that was so purely evil that, and it was trying to deceive me and leading me to think that it was that what I was trying to do was actually possible in a really, um, manipulative way you know so it was an energetic experience where it was trying to get me to engage with its heart if you touch my heart energetically that's how you, and it, I could still feel like I was like this, that doesn't feel right no it still felt like trickery but I thought the experience that I was um trying to to deliver as an upstream you know form of of um, a st stopping a source of contamination and and I was energetically um, under the weather for quite some time after that particular experience and so I you know in my in the way that this has played out for me recently there's still a lot that I'm I feel like I'm learning on the job because I'm having these experiences and going oh okay 
that didn't go the way that I thought it would as an opportunity yeah. for me to learn here. But yeah, it, 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 it has affirmed that, that there is stuff that's just not here to serve us in any way. And, and that particular encounter just made me feel like, yeah, that there is something that exists that is pure evil. You know, I'm kind and of having flashbacks. Of, sorry, go on. Sorry. No. Well, I, yeah, I, I guess all I wanted to say about that was still to not incite fear but recognise why this is so important to be deliberate with our energy and our energy protection. Mm, yes. Thank you for that. I think that's such an important point. I'm just saying I, I have this flashback of, you know, similar to you, I grew up in a Christian Catholic upbringing and I used to believe in the idea that there was good and evil. And then, of course, I went through my own personal spiritual awakening, mm. upgrade, diversion as well, leaving that Christian upbringing and deciding that evil is just complete fear-mongering and it was just a patriarchal um, construct <laughs> to, you know, hold and contain and contract us and to prevent us from having our own growth, our own light, our own sense of empowerment. And whilst I still believe that to some extent, what I'm now coming to at this point in my life is an understanding that there is a mutation, I guess, of the dark energy that you described before that has found its own life force. It's now mm -hmm. its own, um, uh, it, it's, it's almost separated itself out of the divine and that it is perhaps originally born from the divine is simply just like you said, the yang to the yin, the dark to the light, but now it functions in a very, very different way and it is its own living, breathing, evil entity and that perhaps um, whilst I don't believe in getting lost in the fear of all of this, it does actually exist and there are some things that are purely just straight up evil. You know, there's some things that happen in the world Yes. And they, the spiritualized ego in me will say, oh, this person has lost their way or the horrible things have happened to them as a child. And I try to come at it from compassion and understanding as well as, you know, recognizing that it's just not okay what's happened. But lately, as I'm getting older, sometimes I'm a little bit more black and white. And I'm like, that is just straight up evil. It's mm -hmm. just full stop. It's just straight up evil. And it's not okay. And there's no way around it. There's no way of pretending that it's anything else other than what it is. It's just evil. And whilst that can seem really scary and intense, there's a part of me that's like, okay, that's okay. It's okay to be a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just brutally honest with the reality that we face, mm -hmm. which is, you know, there's some dark stuff, some really dark stuff, and then there's some really horrifically evil things. And we can't get lost in those stories, but we can keep working on our energetic boundaries, which I want to talk to you about in a moment, and also just being honest with what's really yeah. happening and what's present. So, I mean, I don't think that's really an answer to my own question, but it's just where I've got to with that, having left that space so intensely and refusing to believe that there could be anything truly evil at its core mm. because that was just too confronting whereas now I feel so much more embodied and so much more respectful of the light and of love and to understand that whilst I do believe love and light will always prevail 
that there are some things out there that are, are nasty and dark. Yes. And we need to be aware of that. Yes. So let's yeah. talk about energetic protection then. So what are some of the things that you do to keep yourself energetically protected, especially considering what you're up against? And what could some of those listening right now that are like, so how do I start this? How do I protect myself better? Yeah. So I always find like energetic protection is almost twofold process because if you think of a physical body and we have a skin as a barrier and then we have what's beneath the skin. Mm -hmm. And so, as I mentioned, the, the capacity that we have as being this energetic vessel, so as we're ascending and we're raising our vibration, we're increasing like the volume of light that's contained within ourselves so that our energy is more essentially more powerful um, and we are more attuned to the subtleties of knowing when we're off but it is like that moth to the flame experience. So there is more power in our energy, but we're also attracting more of these experiences because we are tuned in more subtly, but also because it's, it is that attraction point. Mm. Um, and so the, the idea around the energetic protection has to become like a, for me, it's, it's you know, a client by client, experience by experience process. Um, for most of my clients, it may just be a, a morning and an evening process of just tuning in, recognizing if something feels off, where does that feel off? Have I allowed for some experience? Have I given my energy away to a particular past situation or a conversation or an argument or somewhere in the future where I'm worrying about something? So reclaiming that energy and bringing it back into our energy body. And then also you know, am I carrying someone else's? And so that's kind of just that initial, just having ownership and taking responsibility of our own energy. And then when it comes to energetic protection, so being really deliberate about protecting our spaces. And so for me, I run a lot of events. So it's the, the physical protection of that energetic space, the house, the homes, the land, but also our energy bodies as well. So we can use sacred geometry. We could use crystals. Um, it's again, for me, it's like these are all tools that are a symbolic representation of the energy of our intention. And so our intention is the best defense that we have. And so, you know, I encourage my clients to, to find this kind of energetic protection that resonates with them, whether it's like visualizing a force field around them, like an energetic bubble, um, the way in which Shenanda teaches is using the sacred geometry um, of Metatron's cube, um, the Merkaba, and having that visualized around your energy body from your soul star chakra down to your earth star chakra. So imagining yourself in that sacred geometry of that, um, like a star. Um, other people use, um, you know, a particular frequency of light. Some of the energetic work that I do, I have to set the intention that I'm also have like a layer of invisibility so that I am not like the moth to the flame. Mm. Um, but again, it's, it's just the capacity to use your intention. And so you can do that via the third eye. So visualizing, I also have energetic prayers that I say. And so the using my voice in that way to be the conductor of the energy. So not necessarily visualizing, but the way that I use my voice and, and that is sort of how my energy clearings around homes and spaces is really 
um, changed in terms of the way that I was taught in Reiki, which was to use a lot of the Reiki symbols, but I use my voice in a really deliberate way. And so I, I find the strength and the power behind my voice changes depending on what I'm commanding to happen and take place. Again, simply using my intention and then tuning in with my third eye, you know, visually seeing the energy shift or change. But for me, um, you, my strongest uh, psychic sense is clear cognizance, so that clear knowing. Mm. So the the visual kind of happens for me secondary as a as a confirmation. So the way in which I have that knowing of whether something feels right as I'm saying something and instructing the energy to to behave in this way, to shield me in this way, to form this particular shape. Um, but even just the you know the process of like a daily clearing like clearing out what you've been carrying energetically that may come from emotion or dialogue um, or touching other other people's belongings or you know being on public transport or a, a shopping center and you know doing that as a, a practice when you're having your shower is just visually in your mind's eye seeing that cleansing water clearing any of the energetic debris or um, the residue of any of those energetic interactions. So again, yeah, it really comes down to this idea around energetic hygiene and the being super deliberate. And then when you're feeling like you're up against something that you intuitively feel like is a little bit beyond what you're personally capable of putting in place, you know, it is developing. Well, for me, it's, I have a very strong connection to the archangels, but maybe calling upon an ascended master that you work with or your spirit guides. And, you know, as I say this, my guides are coming in and, and making sure that I'm really deliberate in, again, this idea around the, the evil having these covert um, opportunities to deceive us is that often they will appear in the form of something that you trust. And so that being really deliberate that if you're working with a particular archangel or a spirit guide that you're calling in them in through their 100% pure divine form so there's no opportunity for any kind of hijacking or contamination or you know a false um, angel appearing before you so it will often happen to me I'll tune into something and I'll feel like oh you may be presenting in this way but you don't feel right and are you of the light, you know, and, and seeing their, their form change or instantly getting that feeling like, oh, no, you know, you're not. And so you're not whom I want to work with. So being, again, that intention is really important. So when we are feeling like we want to call upon our guides or our anyone from our spiritual support team or angelic support team, really being deliberate that we're calling them in through, you can even visualise, you know, a beautiful door of 100% pure divine light and having that spirit guide cross through that to just ensure that that they're presenting themselves to you in a way that that is of that pure divinity mm, such good examples and I was just scribbling them down thinking about some of the things that I have personally used and what I use I definitely um I use sound and smoke quite a lot so mm. for example if I'm starting a class I will go through the space and I will be using uh, the drum or some other tool of sound and I'll also be smoke cleansing this space and whilst I'm doing that I'm using my voice I'm often offering up a very clear intention and prayer mm. calling in the lineage that I work with calling in 
my guides, calling in my support team. And I love the addition of just ensuring that it's, you know, you're calling in their 100% pure divine form, which is really important. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I also use the Merkabah a lot. I use Archangel Michael a lot. Mm. He saved me for two years. And that house that we lived in in Kuji, I had to fall on him every single day, multiple times mm. a day. Um, and a beautiful practice that I received from one of my mentors, and it's uh, sealing your field in a sacred geometry pattern with roses and doing so every 12 hours or whenever you tune back in and seeing that those roses have started to wilt and look a little bit dead. And it's so interesting. On certain days, I will do that practice and then I'll tune in and I'll think, oh, my God, it's half an hour and they're already wilting and I'll realise it's because I'm, you know, walking through a shopping centre or I've passed mm. a particular area where there's a lot going on energetically. So that's a really beautiful practice that I like to teach my clients, mm. just sealing their spaces with roses, which, of course, are on this earth but not from this earth and they hold such a high frequency. Mm. But I think what you've said here is essentially just it doesn't really matter if somebody might visualise something that we haven't even mentioned, but it's the intention that they're placing behind it and it's the um the desire to place themselves or the, the space into a really high and pure protected space and energy which is just kind of what it's all about right yeah yeah absolutely so good and so many ideas for everybody to go away and try and you know play with and just um do so from a space of I guess lightness and softness and experimentation as opposed to fear and worry and concern and to trust your intuition. Every step along my particular pathway with this has been getting a feeling there's something a little bit not right mm -hmm. here and I'm not making it up in my head and following the breadcrumbs. Oh, maybe I'll try this and then that will lead me to something else and realizing, okay, I'm on the right pathway here and I haven't made it up. It's just something that I'm tuning into and whilst I may, may not have specifics or very, you know, clear visuals about what's happening, my intuition's guiding me here so I need to listen to that. So I think it's just really trusting that for ourselves and what, even as people are listening to this conversation, they might be going, none of this is resonant for me, none of this is aligned for me right now and that's fantastic. You know, follow what's true and right for you in this moment and take what's for you and leave the rest. Yes. Pretty incredible stuff. And I know that we could go deeper and darker here. <laughs> but maybe this is already quite deep and dark for, mm. for all of us. And I just, I just want to leave here with one particular comment. And that is, as everybody's listening to this, we're starting a new year, right? And 2023, mm. the energy of number seven, which is the High Priestess, which is the Venus and Hathor energy, which is the Divine Feminine, Mary Magdalene. So this is going to be a another year, I feel very strongly, of more awakening and more upgrades, which means that our protection is even more important and that perhaps um, to be even more mindful of our energetic hygiene and the spaces that we're in, that we hold, that we curate, that we participate in. Is there anything that you feel to add to that, considering that we're about to embark on another journey around the sun? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's that really leaning into that divine as the higher power to hold us through whatever shows up. And so, you know, personally, as I'm trying to tune into next year, 
my spiritual support team aren't even letting me, mind you, we're recording this in December right now, but I'm not getting shown anything beyond December because they've instructed me to become really strong and secure in my base chakra so that whatever happens to me in my own external world, I'll have that sense of stability from within. Mm. And, you know, and so my mind will kind of interpret that and go, oh, it feels like then it's going to be another rocky year. But potentially it, it may not be. And so, you know, allowing ourselves to just lean into that higher power as I can hear my throat going here, mm. <clears throat> that, that there is something, you know, as much as this conversation has been acknowledging things that are of evil descent, that, that there is something so powerful and loving that has our best interests at heart and so anytime that you know we can lean into those moments of feeling really empowered and and wanting to take action and and um you know and creating this life that we would love to live but so many things have been thrown at us in the past you know three years that we would never have anticipated and so you know, calling in the sense of feeling supported, not in a really passive way, but in a surrendered way of of those virtues of just having faith and trust and grace mm. as we move about the year um, without really knowing what we're in for. And, you know, that's essentially the feminine energy as well as that surrendered receptive energy being open to whatever's in front of us and the energy of that, um, that transformation as well, alchemy, you know, whatever is coming our way, whatever we're receiving, knowing that we have that power to transform it into something beautiful, regardless of um, the ingredients that are thrown our way, knowing that we could, you know, make a beautiful cake out of it. <laughs> So beautiful, the beautiful cake that we can create. <laughs> it, that was such a beautiful final share. Thank you so much for that. And I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's the, the trust and the faith piece has been the ongoing lesson mm. and, you know, probably the major thread for me in my own personal spiritual journey over the last, I'd say, since becoming a mother, specifically mm -hmm. the last three years it's been ramped up this year in particular it's been mm -hmm. like come on Claire <laughs> <laughs> these gifts that you've been downloading this space that you're entering that, like really let's do the, the faith and trust thing a bit more come on mm -hmm. like, you know I can even hear my guides having a giggle it's like yes come <laughs> on <laughs> We, yeah. really, we really need to be amplifying this sense of faith and trust in ourselves, our own skill, our own spaces, our environments, our, our own energy, our understanding, all of it, because I think without it, we, we wobble and yes. we have nothing to stand on. So I think that's a really beautiful ending point for this incredible conversation to leave everybody with the idea to, if at the very least, which will take a lot of work, to keep you know, refining our ability to stay in faith and trust mm. and to deepen our personal understanding of what that really means for us. You know, for me, trusting in what moves through me and not relying on my ego and my mind and my thought patterns to lead the way, but what's moving through me and what's coming out of my mouth and what needs to be said and what needs to be shared and what do I do here and 
you know, my crystal singing bowls want to be moved out of that space and just follow <laughs> constantly all of this guidance, obviously with discernment and having trust with what moves through us. So, yes. Hey, thank you so much for sharing so much of what you do and what mm -hmm. you understand and your beautiful skills and expertise in this space and for bringing this really important conversation to the forefront for us in a way that just feels so love-filled and grounded and anchored and not fear-based at all, which I'm really, really mm -hmm. grateful for. Thank you for being the first incredible conversation back on the <laughs> Woman Awake podcast for 2023. I feel so excited to share this and you in the world. I'm so honoured and it's been such a pleasure and time has just flown. I but know. I, yeah, such a beautiful conversation and, you know, I think it's just uh, a credit to being able to to share this with anyone who's listening um, in your capacity to share your experiences and your growth, Claire, in a way that comes from a deep sense of love and connection and that trust and that faith but but this, you know, it's like a, it's a real talk, you know, it's authentic and it's true. And, um, and that, I think that truth is what dissipates any fear. So yeah, it's been, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for that. That really means a lot. So how can people connect with you and what is it that you'd love to leave them with in regarding Kate's world? Mm. I, I guess, yeah, so my website is um, is katemanley.com.au and as Claire mentioned, um, I'm located on the Sunshine Coast. My work is predominantly in person, but that's only because my clients love getting out of their home to come and see me. They do um, distance work and um, work via online as well. Um, but, yeah, I guess, you know, the, the parting message that, that really came through is this, this idea around empowerment and connecting to your own intuition and just acknowledging that on my journey, this is a skill that I've developed and honed. I don't feel like it was a gift that I was given when I was born. It's certainly been a journey and a path that my soul chose. But in recognising that anyone can, can learn to do this and there's you know they don't need to hand their power away to anyone else it is that journey of really honoring what feels right to you in your energy body and those subtleties and trusting your own intuition and having that discernment I think if I was going to end on a final note it is around this idea and trusting your own discernment when it comes to when it comes to this work a hundred percent I mean gosh the amount of psychic attacks that I had in that old home and you know, mentioning it to people who thought I was crazy and that I was making things up because I was sleep deprived. But in the end, just, you know, listening to myself and going, well, no, this is actually happening and I need to pay attention. And if yeah. I hadn't have followed that, that discernment, I wouldn't have learnt what I learnt. I wouldn't have been able to properly protect my kids the way that I did. I wouldn't have upgraded in the way that I did. I wouldn't have um, been able to offer healing to the custodians of the land that we lived on. I wouldn't mm. have been able to make peace and find mm. a way to live in harmony with the darkness, which was a really powerful lesson for me and to neutralize mm. my fear and my desire to control. I mean, there was so much that happened off the back of that. So you're 100% right. And I will leave that there because I could probably keep talking for the next <laughs> 25 hours about this. And we, we, need, we need to go and do the mum things, don't we? Yes, we do. <laughs> Thank you so much, beautiful one. And I know that this will not be the last time that we connect. And I can't wait to see you at the Magdalene Frequency very yes. soon. Yes, Thank I'm very so excited. You You're most welcome.
Okay, be well. Okay, my honeys, how did you find that conversation? Oh, that was a big and juicy one, and I really, 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 really loved it. I love all of those kind of conversations, and I love that beautiful um, cyclical relationship with people that become my clients, but then also teach me at the same time, which is such a beautiful co-creative relationship. Now, you may have heard Kate is attending the Magdalene Frequency, which is coming up January 7th and 8th. There's still time to book in. This is an online immersion. We'll meet on the Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m., for two and a half hours and then we'll meet again on the Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for two and a half hours. This will be full of beautiful rituals, ceremonial experiences, devotion, light language practices, movement meditations. We're working with the medicine of the rose. We're working with ancient wisdom teachings connected to the Mary Magdalene lineage, to Yeshua, to the Essenes, to ancient Egyptian energy medicine and so much more. I am so excited to bring this to you. So I'm really hoping that if this resonates, that you will connect and come on through, book your tickets. You can find all of that in the show notes. And join myself and Kate at the Magdalene Frequency. Also, please make sure that you're on my newsletter list because I am about to launch something with a beautiful friend. We're going to be collaborating this year on an incredible offering that's super affordable and a powerful ceremonial experience that you absolutely need to have into your life so stay tuned we'll be announcing that very very soon and also get ready this year's podcast i'm going to be teaming up with lots of beautiful human beings and bringing you some more incredible conversations just like this as always i'm so deeply grateful that you're here that you've tuned in for this long and that you've connected to myself and the woman awake podcast please send this on please share it like it do all the things it really helps to give this podcast more momentum and to help it get further and farther into the world where more ears and hearts need to receive this wisdom thank you for listening to woman awake if you found this episode supportive please subscribe and leave a five-star review on itunes this is the best way to cheer me on and ensure that woman awake lands in the hearts and ears of those that need it most if you think of someone that needs this medicine please do me a favor and share this on you can find me over at clarabade.com slash podcast. Thank you for being a part of this journey of awakening.